Welcome everybody to the first episode of Entrepreneurship Exposed, hosted by your guy Bees. Listen, this is the podcast that we are going to challenge every single thing out there, right? Now, I am an entrepreneur and I love entrepreneurship. I love it. Honestly, one of the best fields to be in because you get to kind of set your own path, right? You get to be creative and create solutions. There's no kind of regulation on what type of solution that you create. So here's the thing though. Too often we hear people saying how great it is, but they don't give you all of the information. And that's what we're going to focus on, on Entrepreneurship Exposed. All right, so today, first thing that we're gonna talk about. Now I'm gonna tell y'all a little bit about me first. I wanna give you my background so you know if I'm even qualified to talk about some of these things. But once we start having some amazing guests that we got planned to come on, We're going to go deeper into multiple business strategies, multiple ways to make money, and what are the pitfalls, the pros and cons of each. Now, my background, I've been a full-time entrepreneur for about five years, not even that long. Five years is like the blink of an eye nowadays, right? But before that, I was in corporate America, right? So I actually came from a full corporate America career. You know, I graduated with my bachelor's, got double bachelor's actually, and minors. My bachelor's were in management information systems, as well as computer science. So for that, my goal was, originally I was in computer science and it was, uh, I'm just gonna program, I'll be a developer. And I realized I didn't wanna do that the rest of my life. So then I kinda got, I was already three quarters of the way through and then I switched to management information systems, but then I just finished off both. Now, after coming out of college, I went straight into my corporate career. And I was in for a rude awakening. (laughs) I remember coming out and saying to myself, oh man, now we are gonna make some money. Yeah, you know, this is what I went to school for. And it was like $35,000 a year. I was like, what? It made no sense to me. And to be honest, I'm going to even debunk some of the corporate life. To be honest, it wasn't about going to school for making that money immediately. It was for giving me a higher earning potential down the line. I didn't know that at the time. At the time, I was just like, yo, I just need to make money now. And they only offering me 35 k So I started in network administration, then went into infrastructure management. So I was all in IT, right? Then I started going into project management, managing projects, IT projects. And through that, I started realizing like strategy was more important. So eventually I became an IT strategy management consultant. I worked at some of the biggest consulting firms like Accenture. I also worked for Microsoft. Microsoft was the last job that I had five years ago when I quit and became a full-time entrepreneur. Now, while I was doing this, I was an IT strategy management consultant. I was being sent out into Fortune 500 companies in order to help them to improve their process, help them to implement systems so that they could be more efficient, help them to manage their teams so that their teams could be more effective, right? And all these things I ended up taking into my entrepreneur life, right? So I, I like to tell people that. If you're in a nine to five right now, and you're like, oh, I don't know how I'm gonna actually get out of this, or I don't know what I'm gonna do as an entrepreneur, well, whatever you're doing in your nine to five right now, make sure you are taking notes. Make sure you are understanding operational processes. Make sure you're understanding how a business is built, how the business is made effective, right? Make sure you're understanding these things because you're gonna need it in order to set up your business. Hear what I'm saying, set up your business. Not your hobby, not your hustle, your business. And this is a problem, especially in my community, that we find that too often we treat it as a hobby, we treat it as a mom and pop shop, 
Nah, let's put in processes. Let's hire the right people. Let's create teams. Let's set up metrics. Let's really dig in and create a business that could potentially be sold. Right? And that's something else that I, I teach my uh, students right now is how you can sell businesses. But we'll get into that at a different time. Now, throughout my career, I started to get certifications that focused on these topics that I'm talking about. Project Management Professional, PMP certification, Lean IT Expert, Lean Six Sigma Black Belt, ITIL Expert, actually also ITIL Teacher. Right? If you know what ITIL is, it's all about process management when it comes to IT service management. Right? So many others, CISSP, Certified Information System Security Professional. All of these certifications that I got proved that I was knowledgeable in those specific areas. And then the fact that I was able to go into these Fortune 500 companies and come out successful, have successful improvement initiatives, lead successful projects, shows that I'm capable of doing these things. Right? That's, how, that's why I'm also capable of teaching it, talking about it. So now, let's dig into the actual topic of tonight. That's a little bit more of my background. So when I left my corporate job, I went into e-commerce. In e-commerce, there's multiple areas that you need to be aware of. There is drop shipping, multiple strategies, drop shipping. Drop shipping is cool because, okay, it doesn't take as much money to buy your inventory up front. You don't need to buy the inventory. All you got to do is place product on your site, usually Shopify. Somebody comes and they buy that product for a hundred bucks. You take that hundred and spend five at the supplier and buy it. And then the supplier sends it to the customer and that's drop shipping. The secret that people don't talk about when they say, hey, I'm making tons of money in drop shipping. The secret that people don't talk about is that you still have to spend a lot of money on marketing. Now, I might get deeper into this, but I, I want to get closer to Amazon FBA in a second, and that's private labeling. So we may go back a little bit more in drop shipping. And if you are interested in that, I want you to drop it in the comments on YouTube. If you're listening to this on uh, Apple Music, Spotify Music, or whatever other platform, hit me up. Check me on IG, Business Builder Bees. Check me on, on uh, YouTube, right? And drop a comment. Tell me what you would like to hear more of. So we already said uh, drop shipping using Shopify. That's a great option, great strategy when it comes to e-commerce. Another one is wholesaling. Wholesaling was cool for me. It's one of the first ones I tried, actually. I was able to get this bulk product, and then I was able to get it on consignment, which was awesome. But I had to go out and sell. Now, mind you, if I had put teams of salespeople in place, maybe it wouldn't have been as bad. But for me at the time, I was like, yo, it took a lot of effort to make those sales. Now, once I did make a sale, it was awesome. I made some good profit, some great profit, but it took a lot of effort to make it. And not that I'm shying away from effort and hard work, but I also wanna work smart, right? Because the whole purpose of this is reclaiming my time, right? Sidetrack for a second. One of the things that I focus on is time freedom, time wealth. Too often people are focused on the financial wealth which is great, it's awesome. It helps you to get some of that time wealth, but it's not 100% necessary, right? Let me explain why too. There's three ways to create wealth in this country, in this world. One is building a business. I love that one, that's me, business builder bees. <laughs> Two is real estate. There's a guy named nine to five millionaire, he's a cop, right? Nine to five millionaire, he was able to keep his nine to five job as a cop, but also become a millionaire because he got into real estate. 
all right? The third way is the financial markets. So stocks, Forex, um, options, right? Those type of things. Now, you could do any of those three and create financial wealth. To be honest, I encourage you to do all three of them, but it won't necessarily create time wealth. Only one of them will. Let me explain why. Imagine an athlete is making a ton of money, right? NBA, NFL. They came, came right in and they got a huge contract, 50 million bucks a year or something like that. Hey, that's too much. I don't know. But they still have to answer to the person that's paying their paycheck. They still have to show up and follow regulations. Whether I agree with him or not, look at what Kyrie Irving's going through in the NBA. He still has to answer to somebody else. So he doesn't have, truly have that time wealth. He may have the financial wealth, but not the time wealth, right? So with those three ways of creating wealth, my focus was always on how do I get back my time, right? How do I become a true business owner? And I'm not just self-employed where I'm trading my time for money, but I'm a business owner where I am trading results for money. Shout out to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. That's the whole cash flow quadrant that we're referring to, right? Now, once I'm a business owner, that means I need to have processes in place. That means I need to hire people. That means I need to have systems to help accelerate my sales process and my growth, right? So when it came to wholesaling, that model didn't fit with what I wanted, which was my time wealth. Now, what did fit it more was private labeling. So we spoke about dropshipping. We spoke about wholesaling. When it comes to private labeling, this was an amazing opportunity for me, right? It was an amazing way to create wealth. It was an amazing strategy on how you can source products that are already made, are rising in demand, they're not patented, and you're able to just improve a little bit. Then you source it usually from China because it was cheaper. So the profit margin was higher. I was sourced from China. The shipping may be more than if I was to find an American manufacturer, but the cost per goods is way less in China. And, it, you know, it makes up for the shipping issues that you have in, uh, by shipping from China. Now, I utilize a platform called Amazon FBA. Amazon FBA is amazing. When you think about it, they do everything for you. And people already go to Amazon looking to buy stuff. So they give you a ton of opportunities. You just need to know how do you rank up higher than your competition so people buy your stuff instead of their stuff. That's all you really need to do. There's a lot that goes into that and we, we'll save that for another discussion. But overall, what I wanted to explain to you is although private labeling is so amazing, so much opportunity, and it was the first company that I made to seven figures. My first million dollars was created through private labeling. However, it is not a short-term game. It is not something you get into and yo next month I'm making money yo next month I'm cash flowing positive right you may start making money but you're not in the positive just yet right it took me almost 18 months before I made to that, that seven figures trial and error finding right products selling restocking selling more having sales holidays were coming more sales some ads etc etc right so you'll find a lot of people out there that are teaching how to sell on Amazon FBA, how to do private labeling. And they sell you because they're in front. Well, yeah, I'm coming at you right now from 
one of my businesses. That's our new set. And we happen to be in front of a bunch of exotic cars that we actually rent out. But a lot of gurus, a lot of teachers online, they'll use those cars. They'll rent them from me. And then they'll use it to say, hey, you can make a whole lot of money selling on Amazon FBA. However, they don't tell you the pitfalls. Well, think about it. Every single step of the way, you're going to have things that could potentially hold you down. The supply chain is the key thing right now. Right now, there is a global supply, supply chain crisis. Everything from COVID-19, so all of 2020, we were still selling good because everybody went home and they were buying even more, all online. So it was like, oh wow, trucking was still doing great, e-commerce was still doing great, Amazon made the most money ever, right? Because everybody was buying from Amazon, so things were good then. But think about it, what happened as soon as the pandemic really started? Do you remember the, the great toilet paper shortage, <laughs> the great toilet paper crisis of 2020, right? So people were, oh my God, there's going to be a toilet paper uh, shortage. Let me go out and buy more toilet paper. Our world, our supply chain world is a finely tuned instrument. If you start blowing more air into it, everything could collapse. Maybe not immediately, but eventually it all collapses. And that's what ends up, ended up happening right now. All of that increased demand that we weren't able to keep up with all of the new COVID protocols that caused us to delay how we treat each aspect of the process. So for example, on average, there is zero to one ship anchored off the coast of California waiting for its turn to dock so that it could offload its goods that came from China. If you check today, as of this recording, there's about 70 something, maybe 80 something anchored off. Because now when COVID comes into play, Oh, they got to be more careful with how they're offloading things. They also have a shortage on the workers because during the pandemic, the government in the U.S., for example, started giving out loans or not even loans, but relief, unemployment relief. So a lot of people were getting more money from that than they were getting if they went back to their job. That led to the great resignation crisis, right? Everything is the great, great resignation, great depression, great recession, all of that. But it led to another crisis, which now is also affecting the supply chain because now we don't have enough workers in the docks to offload the boats. Now COVID protocols make you take more steps to offload the boats so it takes longer. Now there's more demand, so there's more to offload. Now they're sending bigger ships because there's more demand and more things to, to send. Everybody's ordering stuff from home, right? All of these things coupled. Now there's more issues with trucking shortages. We won't get into trucking today too much. But all of these things combined are affecting the global supply chain. Now imagine if you have your little e-commerce business and you were just trucking along and things were going great and now bam, what used to cost $4,000 to ship a whole container by sea from China to say California at one point jumped to $25,000. You see what I'm saying? So this became a hurdle that you had to overcome in your e-commerce business, right? One of the things that happened to me when I first started selling e-commerce was that China implemented a new rule. It was kind of like their EPA, their Environmental Protection Agency, the equivalent, where they had to go through a little bit more things to prove that the materials were good. That drove up my prices. That led to delays in production because they had to ship it off to a third-party factory or facility to test it, to approve it. it. Led to delays. I missed out on some of the major holidays where I would have made increased sales. When 
uh, the last administration, the Trump administration was in place and then they put the additional tariffs on all of the goods coming from China. That led to some people who were paying 1% on duty going to now paying 26% because it was an added 25% duty. That drove people out of business. So I'm saying all of this to say, even in getting into something as amazing as e-commerce, there's gonna be challenges that you have to face. There's gonna be things that people don't tell you about. They say how you could just start with just $1,000. Technically that's true, but they don't tell you that it's a cash flow game. What does that mean? Well, if you thought that you could order a bunch of inventory and then wait till that inventory is sold to use those proceeds to then buy more inventory? Well, did you not realize that then you're gonna be out of stock for the whole time it takes to produce that product some more, to then ship from China, to then get it into the fulfillment centers, to then start selling again, to then rank up again in the listings, right? So it's a cash flow game. You cannot just say, hey, I'll just wait till I make money from this in order to order more product. These are the things that you need to know. It's not gonna take you $1,000 to start in your e-commerce business. Depending on the product, I minimum recommend five to $10,000 to be honest. People don't tell you that. And don't worry about that amount because we could talk about credit on another episode and how you could use your personal credit to PG so you get business credit to then utilize in this business and to help you scale. But just know that there are obstacles that you have to overcome. But that's the name of the game when it comes to being an entrepreneur. I'm telling you these bad things. I'm telling you these obstacles, these hurdles, but they're not stopping you. They're hurdles to jump over. You just have to figure out how to jump over them, right? And that's the type of things that we will talk about on Entrepreneurship Exposed. So I want you guys to stay tuned. Make sure you are subscribed on all platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, everything, right? Make sure that you're on YouTube. Look for Entrepreneurship Exposed. Look for our channel. Subscribe, turn on notifications, because this is just the beginning of what we're gonna get into. Some of the guests that I have coming on are some of the top entrepreneurs in the space right now in their respective industries. And we're gonna go ahead and expose a little bit of the promises of glitz and glory and glamour and everything that you hear from, maybe not them, but from others. Now you're gonna get the real talk, the real talk with Bees and his guests. So stay tuned for so much more with Entrepreneurship Exposed with your guy Bees. Let's go!